It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. For 12-pack radio, get excited, y'all. Welcome back, everyone, to 12-pack radio, your podcast source for Pac-12 football news, the home of the Baderang College Football Statistical Model. Thank you for joining us. This is Sharp College Football Podcast, and we are week six already in Pac-12 play, and I, I feel like this last week was like a show us yourselves, like, you know, where, where it's, it's the Scooby-Doo you know, monster that pulls off the mask and it ends up being, you know, the, the cocktail waitress from, you know, the, the, the bar or something like I just, it, it was a really fascinating week of Pac-12 football. We're going to go through all the games that were played. We're going to cover all the games that are coming up. Our apologies for the tardiness of this podcast. I just had a son. Our fourth child is here, healthy. Everybody's great. Uh, but I was in the hospital for like three or four days. So we're back. And our dedication to you is to cover this conference like like the the, the fury of a thousand suns. And to do that with me is Mr. Rob Barron from Sharp College Football. How are you, sir? I'm I'm really good. I mean, I I didn't do anything other than like put out FCS beta rank this week. So that's that's like small potatoes. Which is awesome though. That that's that's a bit that's a big deal, right? Like is, is this one of I. I could be wrong, but are there a lot of advanced metric models out there? It sounds like a lead-in question, but I like legitimately don't know that, that cover FCS. So here, like you will see, like Bill Connolly does an SP plus version for FCS, um, but it's like a pseudo SP plus, um, and it relies. <clears throat> although he just changed around. Um, after SP plus kind of went in the tank a little bit at the end of last season, he did change around his FBS model to be more like his FCS model. Um, but this is, this is the exact, like what I'm really happiest about here is it's not pseudo beta rank. Um, it is the exact same data with the exact same quality that we get on FBS games. I get that same level of data for every FCS game. That's awesome. Um, and I have, like, if you go to the site now, you will notice it's changed. There is now a drop down for FCS stats. Um, and nearly the only report I think I don't have up for it that people really use often is like that program report because I only have one year of data. There's like, yeah, <laughs> there's no yeah. point in showing you a bunch <laughs> of like time series graphs with like one year of data. Yeah. Um, but it's great. I'm I'm really pumped to get it out. And also, this week is like uh, Beta Rank has no more projections in it. It's all in season data. Which yeah. It can be a little wild, but um, like I would say in particular for getting teams like Duke and Kansas and Colorado <laughs> more in the neighborhood that they actually are, um, getting those projections out was helpful. Yeah, I'm excited about it. How dare my son be be born on Beta Rank Day? By the way. Oh, yeah, <laughs> But, but like I think it's fascinating. So if you've been listening to the show and, and our numbers are pretty solid, go to sharpcollegefootball.com, take a look around because now 
we're we're tossing out the projection uh, model data, like Rob mentioned, and it's fascinating to see. Like my, I, I immediately went to the site. And I'm like, where's Texas A&M? <laughs> that was the first thing. That oh I- yeah, I mean that's like I mean A&M is a team that like they've recruited so well. They've been traditionally, you know, not like not bad, um, and they've been god awful this season. And they sit at 69, which is nice, but not good. No, not not good at all. Um, <laughs> You know, lo- looking at at the Pac-12, I sh- we should we should talk through this to start as we go into these games. Any surprises in the Pac-12 ratings? Yeah, I mean, so <clears throat> right now there's there is some volatility in here still. Um, one is Utah has done their traditional slow start, <laughs> so um, this isn't our first rodeo with this. We were kind of hoping the Utes wouldn't pull that this season, but instead they did lose to what looks like an okay Florida team to start out the year. Um, so they're like, I, Utah comes in like ranked at number 30. And I think that there's, you know, like there's room for them to improve still. Right. Like, and, and like after Florida, we haven't seen them play a really good team yet. Um, yeah, we'll find, then, we'll find out what they are this week. Yeah. Well, and then like, uh, the other one is, is that I would say is like a, like is a bit surprising where they are is Oregon. They sit at number 42. The reason for that is two things. One is they themselves have been kind of up and down. Yeah. Like they went out and just got walloped by Georgia. <laughs> and then um and then they just like stuck it to BYU. Uh they played pretty close with a an okay, you know, like a good I mean Washington State sits at 25 right now. Like let's call it a, a good Washington State team. Um, but yeah, I mean, like if I think if you look at this Oregon squad, right, like they're, they're definitely a team that, um, you know, I think that they can beat this projection. Like their main problem holding them right back now is like their defense is not very good. Mm, Um, but the offense is actually like a top 20 offense from what we've seen so far. Everybody else I think is in the range that you would expect from seeing them play. Um, I would say like USC is on the fringe of the top 10. Oregon state has fallen pretty precipitously. Huh? Um, like they said at 68 overall, they haven't played that well, you know, other than the one game against USC, they've played toe to toe with a bunch of group of five teams, <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, and their offense is not grading out very well at all right now. And that's really been their downfall is that they really have not, had a really good offensive game in the way that maybe we were expecting. I mean, and I think what really hurts their offensive grade, to be honest, is that like USC's defense kind of sucks and they had a really bad game against USC. <laughs> That's true. But like talking about surprise, like the surprise of the conference right now, as far as like versus last year and versus like, I think what a lot, I mean, there's two of them. I think we should call it one is Washington's offense. It's at number 13 overall. Um, That's really good. Um, and not at all where we were expecting. Now, their defense, as we saw against UCLA, who buddy. Um, Arizona sits at 33 on offense. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and, like, now their defense looks to have regressed a bit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, like it's funny because, like, right now at the bottom of the conference, it's who you'd expect. It's Stanford and then Arizona State and then Colorado. And Colorado is sort of on, like, epically bad watch. Like, can they catch... 2021 Duke is the worst power five team we've graded. <laughs> Lord almighty. I, w- I mean, we should mention, I think we talked about Herm being fired last week, but I don't think we did the Carl Durrell 
bit. No, we haven't covered Carl. He got because he got fired after this last game. I I assume like I forgot that they were on a buy, and so that I mean that makes sense. I I, yeah. I I tweeted at like the AD should be fired on the spot for giving him an extension. That was ridiculous. Right. That's the, that was the real problem. It's not that like I mean they were in a total spot when they hired Durrell, right? Like. It was super late. Mel Tucker, you know, like Michigan State basically dumped a bunch of money on him and said, like, Colorado, this is your problem now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so, like, hiring Darrell at that time, like, it was, I, I mean, there was definitely some level of it that was still a little inexplicable. But, like, I get it. You're not in the best position. So, you know, you got to make lemon, you know, lemonade here. Um, but the fact that they gave him an extension, then based on like that wonky 2020 data was, it was totally inexcusable. It was, it was fun. And I, I enjoyed that season. I really liked how he kept the team together in a weird year, but you can't extend somebody like that. Like that, that just, that doesn't make sense. The other thing, no other, one was, no one was coming to hire Carl Durrell from you. Absolutely. Based on that. Yeah. No one. <laughs> And like the the one the the last thing I'll mention on that because you know we'll we'll figure out who the the candidates are and that stuff will pop up. But I'm just Ryan gonna Walters. I'm just, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna call out a couple of beat writers here for really just throwing a lot of stats at me about Carl Durrell at UCLA. Well, he well he made five bowl games and and if you look at the thing, if it, like I saw that I saw that that was all that was garbage and this was a stupid hire. And we said that at the beginning and I appreciated yeah. what he did that one year in the COVID year. But like, I mean, I just, I found it strange that there was a number of Colorado writers that were like, no, this is like legitimately he, like he did an okay job at UCLA. Like I followed UCLA yeah. like a boss, <laughs> that guy out. And the fact that like, it just kind of shows you that you can dig up any numbers to make your case, you know, like, <laughs> or to, yeah. make, to make a case, not not the case, but to make a case for for what you want. I mean, I think it's like I honestly think it's kind of funny too because I think <clears throat> I think that beat writers, some of them are from an older generation when there were fewer bowl games, <laughs> and so <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and so they're like like in their head they're like man going to a bowl right like forgetting of course that like if you finish five hundred you get to go to a bowl it's like when. Like people would uh, say like, uh, oh man, like Rich Rod, like look at how many bowls he's gone to. And I'm like, man, like he's got like, he's got the easiest non-conference in the Pac-12 and like everybody goes to a bowl. <laughs> like he's, he's winning three games a year in the Pac-12. Let's not build a statue. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, well, well, we'll keep, we'll keep an eye on what's going on there, but let, let's, let's just dive into these games because I thought it was a fascinating week. And, and there's lots of, of really important games that are coming up uh, this week that are really going to show who these teams are. And let's do it right after this. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. William Shatner? You want it? Actual gambling lines? You got it. Nice. You want it? Baby, just bust a move. Okay. All right, we're back. We're talking Pac-12 football. We're talking Pac-12 football. And last week, just a fascinating slate of games. And some hipster games, Rob. Some hipster games like Oregon State at Utah. You had your Cal, Washington State, if you're interested in that. Um... You know, Stanford, Oregon, I didn't think it was like a real hipster game, but you never know, right? Like, you know, Oregon's defense, I don't think is that good. So the idea right. was, well, would Stanford do anything? The answer is no. The answer is no. I mean, I took Oregon in that one. I, I just, I just, like, I couldn't trust it. And I texted you. It was so funny because I texted you about that game. I'm like, well, who am I kidding? I'm going to take Stanford. And then I was like looking at the spreadsheet and, and, I, and I, I just looked at myself in the mirror. And I just, You're like, no, you know, I like, cannot I do this to yeah. myself. I'm like, who have I become? Who have I become if I make this decision? <laughs> and uh, of course, Oregon was able to cover that game. Um, where do you want to start? There's there's a, a lot of directions we can go here. Well, I mean, should we go like, I mean, should we do the, the thing? Like, I feel like what we used to do was like we would pick a game and then cover. Like, so if we did Utah UCLA this week, we would do Utah's game last week and UCLA's game last week. Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's do it. So I mean, that's the big, that's the big fun game this week. I and mean, we're sort of like leading with the headline, but it's also the first game on schedule. So, and it's got the three 30 PM Fox treatment. Like the first time Love it. I feel like this year, like the PAC 12 is actually getting a decent time slot. I'm so excited about this. And and I want to, I want to give um, a lot of props to our friends at the what's brewing podcast, because look, every once in a while you get some crabby listener that like starts yelling at you about their team or whatever. And and what's brewing? Like I've been wrong on UCLA for 2 years. And I have like and look, I've come to terms with this. And uh and they've always been so nice about it. They're just like, "Hey, didn't Jake Bobo have a good game?" <laughs> you know, it's not they're not calling me names, they're not calling me dumb. Like, you know, it's just more just a good-hearted and Look, look, I mean, guys. to be fair, I think I made a, a lot of fun of Bobo because I saw him at Duke and I was like, what? But <laughs> Jake, Bob, Jake Bobo doesn't like doesn't line up as in theory as a tight end, but he runs like all the routes that the tight ends run in the middle of the field. <laughs> You're just like, oh, I guess you can work for that. Yeah. <laughs> like, this game was fascinating. Like, you know, UCLA 40, Washington 32, right? Friday night game, not a lot of games on. A lot of people watch this. And the score isn't indicative of the, the of the the game, right? The like, level of whooping. Yeah. Yeah. Washington scored 16 points in the fourth quarter. <laughs> like and right. And, and like and I don't know. It's possible that I mean, I always I always thought that the offense was was gonna be good, right? Like I think we and we've talked about this. The, the progression of DTR over the course of four years has been really fun. Right. And 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 I want to like just throw eggs at at Brian Kelly's house or not Brian Kelly at a <laughs> um, at Chip Kelly's house for trying to look for Dylan Gabriel or somebody else to come in and, and take that spot because I really thought DTR has, has become I, I was always like hesitant to give him like a three a three letter nickname I'm like let let's let's make sure he doesn't fumble the ball ten yards behind him before we start doing that yeah and he's really he was really coming to his own. The, th- the thing that was really fascinating about this game 
was a the ability of of DTR to throw the ball through the air. And like and I look, I don't think that Washington's secondary is as good as it's been in the past, but they brought in some interesting pieces. Maybe maybe there was some institutional knowledge there. And it didn't matter. Like UCLA was able to take care of business. And this was a very prolific offense from Washington. And it didn't matter. Like it, Rob, like, are we wrong on the the Chip Kelly hire, the defensive coordinator? What what are we missing here? Because I think UCLA is pretty good. UCLA is pretty good. And, and look, like they made some progress under Azanaro last season. Like they didn't turn into a good power five defense, but they were like in the fifties ish, right? Like that's still a bad power five defense, but it's significantly improved over where they'd been. They're currently sitting at 44 right now. Um, now what you can do against this UCLA defense is you can drive on them. They are really struggling comparatively with drive efficiency and like finding ways to get off the field, but they do a pretty good job. They're number seven at containing explosive drives and they seem to be selling out more for like stopping big plays. Um, they're definitely better against the run than they are against the pass. Um, they're at 65 and effective pass. So like some of the things that we talked about with like, oh man, like I wouldn't rely on a ZZ Hearn if I were you like are true, <laughs> but the, um, but the things, I mean, like, I, I think that the transfers that they've had on the defensive line, the run defense remains largely solid. Um, so, yeah, and, and look, like, the offense right now sits at 27. Um, you know, I think this is, again, another opportunity for them to, like, potentially move up. They've really relied on big plays. Like, they're number 17 in explosive drives, and they carved up Washington. But there's no real run-pass split for them. Um, I feel like they've been able to evolve, as you talked about, DTR as a passer. It was funny because, like, um, on that broadcast – the uh, the color guy was like talking. They talked to some Washington coaches or some like some guys in the Washington secondary, and they were like talking talking shit about DTR. And they're like, oh yeah, he's a one read QB, right? And just just like that's, just this, that's stupid. That's not right. I know. And then as soon as they said that <laughs> on the broadcast, like DTR completes his like in the next eleven straight passes, just like carving carving up Washington. Like I, I know he didn't hear it, but it was, it was as if he did, and he was like, "Oh, really?" <laughs> oh, that's amazing. This was a really big win for UCLA. And look, if you're a Washington fan. And I, I like this was a game where I took Washington, and I was more confident in Washington because I just didn't trust the UCLA defense. And yeah. if you're a Washington fan, like, look, this team isn't fully formed yet, and and this this in retrospect, this game makes sense. You're on the road, you know. UCLA gets the extra day of preparation. It's you know they have a good offense, and uh, like as long as UCLA can kind of hold down the fort on the defensive side, which they did. I mean. I think you brush this one off and I still, I'm still bullish on Washington this, you know, this year. And I think they're going to have a really solid year, but I mean, like, you know, mo- moving into the, the, U- this Utah game, cause this is a huge game for UCLA. Well, here's the thing about Washington right now, though, is like their defense is at 81 overall. They're at 109 on effective pass. Oh, like that's Michigan's, gross. I know. Like they're really bad defending the pass. And they've got it like they have a lot to like they have a lot to clean up because if you like look at some of like the, you know, like on the rest of their schedule, I mean, like you don't want and this like I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. You don't want to face Arizona's wide receivers with the secondary, right? Like Washington State, when we get to cover that game, 
Like Cam Ward is is no longer a one read QB. He's starting to figure it out more. He's starting to trust throwing into the middle of the field more. We saw that this week. Like you, this secondary is going to have to clean it up. And I don't, I don't like that. Was our criticism at the beginning of the year with DeBoer's hires, where it's like you're going to Washington and you're bringing your your defensive coordinators from Fresno State with you. They better be yeah. damn well good. And yeah. I don't know if that's the case. Well, and there was a rumor that he had wanted to hire Brian Ward, who ended up going to Wazoo. Oh. Um, and that he had actually not wanted to bring his Fresno DC with them, that he had wanted to grab Brian Ward from Nevada. He did a pretty good job. And I, I think is uh has I think has a history with Dickert um before from uh, at Wyoming. Oh, that's interesting. Well, if you take a look at UCLA's matchup against Utah, I mean Look, like I, I was really bummed about this game, right? Utah beat Oregon State forty-two to sixteen. the The problem here was I couldn't take that much away from this game, other than like Clark yeah. is just awesome. <laughs> like you know, their their quarter is quite good. But there was there was two pick sixes in this game. Um, Chance Nolan landed on his neck, and right. and there was just the, and and like again. Utah did what it needed. This is no knock on Utah. This was more a bummer for me because I really wanted to see both teams at their peak play each other because that game was interesting, but that didn't happen. And so Utah basically took control of this game and they're like, well, bye. They went through it. But but truthfully, to your point, like Oregon State played well offensively. They moved the ball. Great. And then, but like, and like, Listen, like we should be very clear here. We're like yards are not points. Yeah. But it's sort of like um, mostly how are you going to get to points unless you're going to conjure them magically out of thin air with like, you know, pick sixes. and yeah. You know, like you're going to have to move the ball. So usually if you don't do stupid things, moving the ball does eventually translate into points. Now, you're going to have games in the season like this one where you're, you're Oregon State and you you know, finish minus four on turnovers on the road. Yeah. That's not going to go well, but you I mean, to your point, like this game, the final score is not reflective of this, you know, really all that reflective. And that's part of what's like hurting Utah a bit in advanced stats right now is like you, like a lot of, I mean, I've had people come out like pac 12 watchers are a lot higher on the youth. So I'm like, like that game, was not as dominant yeah. as it looked. And and to to your point also, there was like three trick plays in this game that got Oregon into yeah. the end zone or very close to the end zone. Now I hear I hear your point, like where Oregon State was moving the ball down the field to get to but there right. were multiple plays here. And you could totally I mean like I watched this whole game. So but if you look at the box score you can see it. You know, sometimes you don't see that. You have the Jack Coletto stupid play. You have the uh, Tajon Lindsay like ended up throwing a pass for twenty seven years. Like there was flea flickers and reverses and it just seemed it, it, it was interesting because I was I was about to like tweet out like a Houdini tweet about uh, a Jonathan Smith and then <laughs> Oregon threw its second pick six. And I'm like, oh no, can't can't do that. Right. I, I guess I guess what I'm saying is you look at this result and you just don't know what would have happened if both of these teams were playing at their peak. And but that's right. what that's what Utah does. Utah doesn't do the things that Oregon State did in this game. And here they are. They they have a UCLA team. And I'm worried about this game if I'm a Ute fan because DTR, like what have we talked about Utah for the last couple Oof. of years? The a running quarterback. And by the way, a running quarterback who can throw the ball 
is that's a problem yeah. for Utah. And and if Oregon State can move the ball against Utah, UCLA can move the ball against Utah. I mean, let's be frank. Like Florida's quarterback isn't that great. <laughs> and he had a game. Yeah. Remember when remember when it was like, oh, here's his like he's Heisman. a Heisman can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Week one Heisman. <laughs> <laughs> and then they go out and like almost lose to like South Florida at home. Right. And you know, it's just not, this is this Utah team right now. Their defense is at 52 in beta rank. They haven't played a really good offense yet. Like Florida doesn't even have a really good offense. Um, they've had San Diego state. They've had Oregon state uh, and ASU. <laughs> so like much like Washington, like I thought we'd really know more about Utah at this point um, than I feel like we do much like what, like with Washington and UCLA where we felt like, like, ah, oh, we're not really going to know anything until they play each other. Like, I feel like we ended up here with Utah too. Yeah. Um, and it's not like to be clear, it's not Utah's fault that everybody on their schedule sort of fell apart. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know, and they could like part of what would really help them in advanced stats, which 100% has not happened is if their opponents would actually like play well against anyone else <laughs> because that, that, that hasn't happened yet for them at all. I mean, San Diego state's completely falling apart. They already fired their offensive coordinator. They're averaging less than four yards an attempt throwing the football. Oh my gosh. That's just, awful. Uh, right. You know, like ASU has fired their coach and looks like a total disaster. Right. Florida has suddenly been punched in the mouth several times and hasn't played as well as they did against Utah at any point. And Oregon State, like has like like we've talked about, has basically been like neck and neck with a couple of, you know, group of five teams and one of which also fired their offensive coordinator in Boise. (laughs) (laughs) And, And, you know, like nobody's really played like so like Utah could be better than we think and I think likely is. But we just haven't seen them. We haven't seen them against a decent opponent. We're going to now, particularly this defense. This is going to be the best offense they faced. Yeah, and in an offense that just plays right into their weakness. I yeah. am really yeah. worried about this game. The so so this game got up to as high as four and a half. Uh, Utah was given four and a half to UCLA, and I went to go grab it, and then like my son was born, <laughs> so I, did, so I didn't <laughs> get I didn't get the number. But th- here's here's the problem though. It's it's I feel as if I'm turning my back on what this Utah team likely is in favor right. of one game that I saw UCLA win. And like, I, I, our friends, I feel like did we do that with Washington? Like when they whipped Michigan state? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. And like for the UCLA fans, I'm, I, I, I would like, I would like to atone for my sins on just being anti UCLA. This is a good team. I do yeah. think that UCLA, Utah is a better team. Like, and I think that right. Utah will get up for this game. When it was four and a half, oh hot, man, I was like, I, I, I'm, I think that, like, I want to take UCLA so bad because I do think the fundamentals of this game um, favor UCLA. It's at home. It's going to be close. They're going to be able to score. I just, I can't. I'm going to give, I'm going to give Utah one more week. And so here's the, yeah. I, I'm taking UCLA. Okay. So they are, so they are, here's why. So right now, Utah is struggling to throw the football. Keep these out, you know, for the rest of the season. Um, 
they're at 29 in effective rush. UCLA's defense, what did we say? Like, yeah, you can't rely on Azizi Hearn, called that one. But, like, what do you have to have him do against Utah? He'll be fine, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> you could put him on an island against Utah's wide receivers. Um, it's the UCLA's at 30 in effective rush on defense. Um, and I think that UCLA, they've done a good job containing big plays. They're going to make the Utes try to have to sustain drives and go the length of the field. Um, I think this could be like a like a real dogfight of a contest um, between these teams, for sure. Um, but like, there's this this Utah defense, like they've been a little more susceptible to big plays. They're not forcing as many three and outs and turnovers as you'd like. I mean, we, I say that as like it's mostly three and outs. It's I mean, they just got a bunch of turnovers against Oregon State, obviously. But like, they're at eighty in negative drives overall. Like, I just I I think UCLA. I think DTR is just incredibly comfortable in this offense. I think they're still able to run the ball really well, but I think they can rely on DTR more if they have to. Um, and I, I do, I like this. Uh, I don't, I, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not sold on what this Utah defense has been able to put up so far because yeah. like they played some bad offenses, but they haven't shut them down any more than anyone else has. Yeah. So I'm, I'm 55% against the spread. I went four and two last week. You're probably doing better than me. I don't think I did that great last week. I do, I do well every year. Like, yeah. so I got, I was in the shadow. I was in the shadow of Max Meyer, who was like, like going 64% or whatever he did against the spread is like yeah. ungodly. And it, to do it in a way with like, it wasn't luck. It was him being like picking his spots. And that, that just really amazing. I've always been above like 54%. But, but I think like, I'm going to take Utah in this game. And I, and it's, this is kind of similar to the game with Colorado where it's like, I know what I'm doing. I just I got to stick with my guns one more week because I don't yeah. want I don't I think Utah is a a more physical a stronger team than UCLA but I completely understand what you're taking and like I when that when that line got to four and a half and I know like one and a half points after three isn't that much but it's just like the principle of the matter um, yeah I get it I I totally understand and and that hook bothers me too right because this could be a three point game and then I'm on the line for you know, for the, for that. I just, point. I struggle to see this as like almost like a six point game on a neutral field. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I think the Murphy, like, I mean, like UCLA's revamped defensive line and like, they've like, even before they get the new DC and they've been pretty good stopping the run. I just, I, I think this one could be a, like a, a, a dog fight. Um, I'm, I'm so excited and and I'm so glad it's at three 30 and people are going to watch it because, because it deserves to be on television. This is a really good game. Yeah. Um, all right. So we talked about Washington already, so we might as well talk about their game coming up against Arizona state. Um, I, I, I took the 29 points because I just, or 26 or whatever it was. I just, I felt like USC was going to play with its food and it kind of did. Um, but, and, and our friend Ralph Amson at, at, uh, Pac-12 apostles, a tweet and it was it was a really I I because I, I said this I literally said it to my dad as we were in this game as we were watching the game if Caleb Williams isn't the quarterback in this game ASU could have won I mean there were there were so many <laughs> yeah. stupid crazy and like and I mean this I say stupid in a great way like it was a it was a pleasure and a delight to watch that guy play football because he was 
he just got them out of so many jams. There were so many times where he should have been sacked or he should have just thrown the ball away and he hit his wide receiver. He scrambled for yards. And I remember I was like talking to my dad going like, if he's not the quarterback and then Ralph tweeted, I'm like, thank God, you know, it's like one of those most like, thank God somebody else is thinking what I'm thinking because ASU really played well in this game. And, but I also think it's a, it's, it's a, uh, it also highlights the, again, the badness of USC's defense. Um, yes. But right. Like, ASU had a good game against USC. Like, are they going to be able to put two two together and then go, you know, come back home and play Washington? I I, I don't know. What would you what did you think about their performance against USC and how how it kind of fits into their upcoming game against the Dogs? I mean, look, I thought it was pretty. good. I mean, like, I was surprised that they were able to throw the ball with some verve from what we have seen from Emory Jones so far. Right? Like, I mean. Again, it's against USC, and they are terrible on defense. Um, but, you know, the fact that they were able to do it, I thought was a good sign for them. You know, and, like, they had life. I mean, really, like, you go into halftime, game was tight, um, you know, heading into the half. Um, and, I, I mean, I like the, you know, I really do like the, I mean, I, but I, was, I have to admit, I was a little surprised that they ran the ball so poorly. Um I guess like I like the big surprise for me this year for ASU is their offensive line seems a little bit worse than I was expecting. Yeah. Um, for sure. Now look, they're you know, like they're they're at a point offensively, they're at one oh eight. Defensively, they're at one oh nine in beta rank. I mean, there's not a lot to hang your hat on. Um and they're gonna get a Washington like, but this Washington team is is like the mirror image practically of USC except their offense is a little worse. USC's offense is at number four. Washington's is at number 13. Um, and then USC runs the ball a bit more. Washington is almost all throw. I mean, they're number five in effective pass, number 95 in effective rush. Um, but you flip it around and you're going to get, like, you still have a really, I mean, this Washington defense is bad. I just want, like, like if you're going to talk me into, I mean, what do I have it as Washington by 19? Yeah. I'm going to take, I'm going to take those because I think they're pissed too after getting worse. <laughs> yeah. So, so when I, when I first wrote out like my line for this game, I basically said I would take Washington anywhere up to 14. And it, even then I would think about it. The, the line opened at 11. I'm so pissed, right? Because like, it's so hard for me to get that early line. And then it got to 12 and a half and I'm like, so I got it. I got him at 13 and I, you know, I still stick to the principle, right? Like if it's 14, I'm going to do it. And I did because I don't think Emory Jones is a good quarterback. I just don't. Um, yeah. And, and yes, there, there's some weaknesses in the secondary, whatever. Um, I, I just, I don't think, I, and I think ASU, I think that was their best shot. I think this is the game where they melt down and they just, they kind of fade into the next season and I, I do think that they're on, I forget, like Chip Patterson calls it like the, like the hotel early checkout. Like they, they need a sponsor for the early checkout team. I, I do think this is that game where ASU gets there. I appreciated what they did against USC. It helped me out with my record, but um, I, I don't think they're going to be able to do good. I think, I think Williams just lights the secondary up or not, not Williams. Um, although he did. Penix, also, yeah. yeah. Penix just lights them up. And, and I, th- I think the dogs cruise. I do. I do understand, right. The desert dogs. But it's not that hot right now in ASU, and like it is just a different coaching staff. So, uh, I'm with you. I'm taking Washington. What game do you want to ta- tackle next here? 
Uh, let me think. We already talked about we already talked about uh, Oregon State. So we just got to cover Stanford and Oregon. Okay. This game was dumb. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, so, so again, <laughs> this game was truly, truly <laughs> stupid in every way. Like, just it was, it was unmemorable. There was nothing fun about it. it. But again, it was that look yourself in the mirror, Brian. Like, what are we doing here? Are we actually betting? You know, uh, in favor of Stanford. Here's the thing. I, now I did. I did learn some stuff here. Like, first of all, like, I thought Oregon did what they needed to do. I say this was dumb just because Stanford is dumb right now. This is no. This is no. You know, dart throwing at Oregon. The thing I really took to heart in this game, and I did pick Oregon, but it was, um, yes, Stanford has a, has a good passing offense. If, if the opposing team doesn't get to their quarterback and that happens all of the time. So I have yeah. significantly downgraded the, the passing offense of Stanford, because I just don't think that McKee, I think McKee's great. I think he, he drops dimes, but he is not clean in that pocket. And when he's not, it doesn't matter how good he is. I think they got it. Like, I, I mean, like I didn't watch enough of this game to see if they went away from the slow mesh, but like they got to stop that. Because like the thing about slow mesh is, is like you got to have an offensive line that can give you time. Because we've talked about this, like you're back there holding the freaking ball, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, and the way you attack it is you collapse the pocket. Like you are incredibly aggressive in your pass rush, um, and even send in extra guys because if you can crumple the pocket, like the QB doesn't even have time to get the ball up into a passing position, and like it's just it's not working. I thought it was going to be like we had seen flashes where it sort of worked, um, but. No, it was this was this was a really ugly game from Stanford, and I mean, and offensively, Oregon just absolutely rock rocked a horrible Stanford defense. Yeah, if if you if you didn't watch this game and you're looking at the score, you're, oh, it's close, and they almost covered. Now Oregon was up like I think it was thirty-one-three at halftime, and and took the foot off the pedal a bit. I mean, they scored 14 points in the second half, but like I, if you're an Oregon fan, this is what you wanted to see, right? Bo Nix had an excellent game. Uh, he was throwing through the air. He I mean, mostly on the ground though. Like, and I watched this whole game, so it wasn't necessarily like Nick, Nix was able to do what he needed to do through the air. It was on the ground where he just really torched Stanford. And then the fact of, of seeing Bucky Irving and like all the, all these running backs just do what they need to do against a crappy Stanford offense was, was great. Like that's what you want to see. And I'm glad that Oregon, you know, has their stuff together. I'm wary Rob of their game against Arizona. We'll talk about that in a bit. Um, but you know, anything else in this game before we talk about the matchup between Stanford and Oregon state? No, no, I mean, it's, this was, this, I mean, this game, I think really shows, I think maybe more than any game we've seen for Stanford so far, like really where they're at, right? Like Oregon's defense has really struggled at times this season. Um, you know, their best game thus far is, is really that game against BYU, you know, and BYU's got a good offense. Like it's part of why, like, I think Oregon's defense maybe underrated and it's just like the fact that Georgia all of a sudden looked mortal the last two weeks <laughs> that has certainly also hurt Oregon's ranking getting stomped by a team that doesn't look like the best team in college football hurts um but I think that you know like like you look I think you look at this game and your 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 main t- like I don't think I have a ton of takeaways about Oregon's offense like they looked really good Stanford's defense is terrible so yeah it's hard to really gauge where they're at. Um, 
I do think, you know, like the, yeah, there's just, it's not like I, the only takeaway is like, I mean, what, what is Stanford going to be when we get to the end of the year? Cause like it's, you know, the focus is going to be on Colorado and ASU, but underneath it, Stanford really could like in, in, in any other year would be the worst team in the PAC 12 by a lot. Oh, ab- absolutely. And like their matchup against Oregon state is interesting because we don't know who the quarterback's going to be. If you watch that Oregon state Utah game, the way that Nolan landed on his neck, like I cringed and it just, it was rough. And so we don't know, at least at this point on this podcast, whether or not he's going to be in the game. I wasn't super impressed with the guy they had. Um, his, Golbertson. I, I, yeah, Golbertson. I mean, Golbertson, he was like, I, th- I, I think I just mispronounced it. <laughs> yeah, whatever. You know, he wasn't good enough to pronounce at this point. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. Well, we'll, we'll get there. But, but he, like, I was not, I mean, he hit a couple of passes that he needed to get. I mean, yes, he was playing against Utah secondary, but I don't think it matters. Like I just, I, I, I'm more interested, Rob, in the defensive line of Oregon State. Can they put some pressure on Stanford in the way that they right. were able to do it against USC? Like, I don't think Stanford's offensive line is that much better than USC's. Um, I mean, look, like, Oregon State's defense has really improved. Like, we, I, maybe more than anyone, did not support the hire that they made. But, he, like, they've, they're, they're significantly better. Now, they're still a bad power five defense. They sit at 55 in beta rank. But that's a lot better where they've been, which is usually like around the 90s, you know, low 80s at best. Yeah. Um, now, where they're struggling, and which is like a bit of a watch out against Stanford, is like not enough negative drives, not enough three and outs, not enough turnovers, that kind of thing. But they've been decent against the pass. And I think I thought they had a really good game, of course, against um, against USC. But like that, it is like, I mean, the, 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 the tape on what to do against Stanford is out, right? Um, and so I don't think I have, I don't think I have, like, I think Oregon state can do enough, but like clearly like, I mean, even Vegas thinks like Stanford is gonna, Stanford is absolutely gonna, you know, like struggle in this game. They'll, they'll, they'll be a little closer than, you know, they were against the, the they would have been against like Oregon or something like that. Where is Oregon state on rushing? This year, because it's not as good as it was last year. No, their offense is struggling. They're at 80 overall in beta rank on offense. Like, and they've been able to move the ball. They're at 30 in explosive drives, 48 in play efficiency. They've had too many three and outs, 74 in negative drives. Their real problem is drive efficiency, like completing drives, 115. Um, They're just not doing a good job of uh, finishing and turning things into points. Um, 77 an effective rush, 74 an effective pass. They're, they're, you're, they're just not standing out running the football. Um, and they, they found themselves in a spot where they have to rely on Nolan more. Um, you know, and, you know, maybe, but I don't know. They're like, but they get a Stanford, I mean, Stanford, man, everybody, everyone's figured out they can run on Stanford. So Stanford sits at number 84 in beta rank right now on defense um, because everyone has, has discovered they can run the football against them. Almost no one throws the ball against them. They're at 127 an effective rush. Um, I think Oregon state who will, I think even if they, they have struggled so far this season, they still call a lot of runs. I think they're to come in and run the ball in this game. Oh, absolutely. And, and they'll get their yards. I, I'm taking the seven. I'm more, I'm worried about the backup quarterback, but I just, as long as as long as Oregon State gets to the quarterback and puts some pressure on McKee, I think they would. 
I think they win the game easily, but I do think that there are two scenarios here. Either Oregon State covers or they lose. <laughs> like I don't I don't <laughs> I don't think there's like a three like, you know, oh it was a slobber knocker and it was a three point game or it was a shootout. Like I just think either this is the dumb game that Sanford wins or Oregon State just beats the doors off of him. Or or not beats the door, but just sits on him. It's like thirty to you know, 14 or 30, you know, whatever, like they, they get up in the, in the first three quarters and they just don't care anymore. So, uh, I, mean, I kind of worry about this game. Like this does feel like a game that Stanford could like sneak in and win. Yeah. Um, like I, Bader rank has this closer. I mean, I think Stanford's bad, you know, but it all, it doesn't, it's not all that pressure with Oregon state thus far. Um, so it, it would have it at six on a neutral field. And you could argue that Stanford's home stadium is pretty much neutral field. Um, but it's only got it at three and I, I'm, I'm going to take Stanford cause I, I think McKee's going to have enough time to, to throw. I don't think Oregon state's defense, like they're, they're good, but like, I think Stanford has also, Stanford's also been like, it's like kind of like, you know, like they've been punched in the mouth a few too many. Like they've like, I mean, it is interesting though. Cause like, we don't think Washington has a good defense <laughs> and we don't think Oregon has a good defense and yet they've really pummeled Stanford um, and their offense. So it is at some level, like, I guess I just think like, I still think they've got enough horses on the defensive line to really just make it work and punish Stanford. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yeah. Oh, God, I can't believe I'm going to take Stanford. But I, like, I get it. I, I, get I think it. it's because, like, I, th- I, I think I got to go because, like, I'm just not sure Nolan plays. And I'm not, I don't have as much faith in this Oregon State offense. Yeah. I, I mean, I hear what you're saying. And, like, it, it makes sense. I disagree. But, it, but I, like, it, it's very sound reasoning for th- this is a weird one. This wasn't one where I'm like, oh, for sure, Oregon State by seven. It was more just, ah, I guess I got to pick. So I'm going to take this one. Um, all right. Let, let's make things a little quicker here in terms of, of going. So we already talked about Oregon. So let's talk about Arizona's game against Colorado. And again, like there are these games, Rob, where like I'll bet. And I'm just like, why didn't I just bet all of my bets on this game? <laughs> because Arizona did whatever it wanted against Colorado. Like, and yes, they gave up 20 points. Arizona's defense is bad. But it, it did not matter in this game. Like, Delora had six freaking touchdowns. Delora almost threw for 500 yards in this yeah. game. And they, and they ran for 178. Like, this, this, every time Arizona basically touched the ball, they scored. And and this this Colorado team is in free fall. It was important that they move, made the move. Um, there isn't a whole lot to take from this Arizona game, I guess, other than, like, I mean, we already knew, like, I think we already knew this offense and what it was and like, it did exactly yeah. what it was supposed to do against Colorado. Well, here's the thing that like, here's my two takeaways here. One, 
It's not so much Arizona's pass defense. I mean, that's not great. But their run defense, like Colorado was able to run the football on them. Yeah. <laughs> that's bad, right? Um, two, Delorio looked really good. But, God, he had some throws that were kind of high over the middle in this game. Where you're just like, he's just, he's living on the edge, man. Like he, he's, he's good for another couple three pick games this season. Like he had against Cal. I think, I think that happens in the, like, so I, I looked at this line against Oregon real close. Um, and I wanted to take Arizona. It's hot. Oregon has, has lost a number of big games at Arizona. 13 feels like a lot for Oregon. Cause like Oregon's pass defense stinks. I just think the like, Lord, I the, just the think matchup the here of be, like yeah. Oregon's 19 in effective rush, Arizona's 119 in effective rush on defense. Like Oregon's going to get all they want running the football. Um, but like you flip it around, Arizona's at 11 in effective pass. Oregon's at 114 in effective pass. Oh my pass. gosh! Oh, my like gosh. Oregon profoundly sucks defending the pass so far this season. Um, and they've been better against the run, but like, I think like Arizona last year was able to throw on the secondary. I think they're going to be able to throw on these guys. Like I, but I do think like, do like, I don't think Arizona's going to try to run the ball a lot. <clears throat> I think they're going to throw the ball because I think Oregon's going to march up and down the field running the football. Yeah. Um, and I think Delora's good for a pick or two. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. This is a purely spot pick, right? Like if, if this was two teams and you strip out the names and you just look at the advanced stats, I'm taking the Oregon like almost every time. But it's or, the same thing I'm as sorry. last season. Like McLeod threw five picks. It's the only thing that got Oregon out of that game. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, I mean, or Arizona was, I mean, terrible Arizona last year was moving the ball on this Ducks defense. This Ducks defense is really bad still. Yeah. And I apologize. I, mean, I meant to say like, I would take Arizona every time. Like this is a, a dog at home. But I don't think Arizona's ready for this this type of game. They're just not like this is a team that continues to improve, um, that can move the football, but their defense is so bad, and and Oregon's going to be able to move the ball on the ground, and it puts so much pressure on Delora and this offense to win a big game at a sold out crowd at home. I don't think they have it, Rob. I think I think next year is the year where they they can jump up and and smack a team like. Oregon at home, not on the road, not at a neutral state like stadium, but at home. I, I, I want to see it. I want to see it. I just, I feel like this is one of those games where they get too hyped up and Delora throws like two picks and that's the difference between 13 points and three points. Yeah. I mean like the, like the real, I mean, we talked about a little bit like the, the other game to watch that would help us really grade out Arizona is this Cal Washington state game, right? (laughs) And Cal's offense came <laughs> crashing all the way back to earth <laughs> against Washington State, right? Um, they looked like, you know, human. Now, look, like Cal's defense isn't bad. And Arizona absolutely put up a bunch of yards. And, and, and you know, like Delora had some picks in that game. But it's going to be, I mean, like, this, this, the way Oregon ran the ball against Stanford is like, if you're Oregon, you're going to be crazy to throw the football too much in this game. You're not going to have to. And that's like, that's where like, I think that Arizona, like 
Arizona's run defense might put them in a spot where like, if you look at their next couple of games, their offense is good enough that if they got, if they finished in the positive on turnovers, they could win. Yeah. Right. Like if they finished, if they had a plus three turnover game, they could knock somebody off, but it's hard. Like it's harder to get fumbles than it is interceptions. Like fumbles are a little more like, luck (laughs) than interceptions are. And I just, I don't think anybody's going to feel like they really have to throw um, against Arizona. And that's a problem, right? So like, yeah, I, I, 13 feels like a lot for, to like rely on this Oregon defense. Like I, I think this is closer to 10. Um, And, and I'm, I, I am going to take Arizona. Um, and that's hard. Like that, that is hard. Oh God, wait a minute. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm taking Oregon. Like I, I think Arizona, like I think Oregon is just going to like just destroy Arizona's run defense. And then Delora throws two or three picks. That'll be it. <laughs> so God, it's like, I mean, like, it's like you look at the metrics, like where we're at right now. And like, I mean, there's an absolute path for like Arizona to absolutely just torch this Oregon defense. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the problem is, is like Jaden Delore is your quarterback. And look, he's a f- vast improvement of what they were doing last year. But the dude is going to throw picks this season. Um, that's just what you get with them. And like like that Colorado game, like there are a couple of like, oh my God, that's such an acrobatic catch by the wide receiver. And you're just like, dude, that is over the middle and that is high. And you are going to get your receiver killed or you're going to throw a pick if you throw it too high. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, and I, I'm looking at the picks, right? Most of those, these are like normal normie picks where it's like, I'm taking the favorite, but I just, and, and there, there's a world where Arizona wins this game and it, it gets loud and Bo Nix throws a pick, right? Like that's, that's what he does in big games. But I don't know if this is that big of a game. I think like you, what you mentioned, Oregon's going to run the ball and Arizona's going to let them. <laughs> and I think that's, that's going to be the story of this game. And then it really forces Arizona to, to, make more plays. And that's where Delore, I think is a problem. Um, okay. So we're both taking Oregon. Yeah. We're going to, uh, we're both going to take yeah, Oregon. Good Lord. Good Lord. We're taking free. And I, I don't like it. I don't like, it's the same thing. I do not like taking Oregon, but I'm, I'm going to, the thing, like, when, when Arizona plays Washington, like that would be a game where like, you can talk yourself like that's probably like, and I'm not like trying to set up Husky fans here because like, I think Washington, like absolutely, like 70, 80% of the time wallops Arizona. It's that like, they're going to throw the football and you might get interceptions when you throw the football. And that's where, that's where Arizona's like upsets are probably going to have to come from. Yeah. (laughs) All right. One more game here. And it's a good one. Like I'm, I'm really excited about Washington state USC and both of these teams. We we talked about USC's play against ASU. Anything else you want to mention, mention on that front? No, <laughs> there's nothing else to take away from okay, that. Caleb Williams, I just want to give him a hug, man. That guy is so freaking good at quarterback. Um, on the other side here, now you watched this game. I wasn't able to watch this one. Um, Washington State beats Cal, twenty-eight to nine, and 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 so we 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 try to split up the the afternoon slate. So tell me a little bit about this game. It looks like Cam Ward is still putting. Now he's throwing so many. That's the thing that worries me are the picks that he throws, but. Um, looks like he's throwing the ball down the field. The defense for Washington state, I think is quite good. And, uh, yes. and they made Cal look like Cal. 
<laughs> right? Yeah. So, I mean, like, look, like Washington State's defense right now <clears throat> sits at number 29 overall. Um, and we saw them live and in person. And, like, they can give up some big plays. What they're good at is drive efficiency. Like, they find ways to get off the field. What stru- or what's, what worries me a little bit in this game is, like, they are a lot better against the run than they are against the pass. Um, they're at 17 in effective rush. They're at 54 in effective pass on defense. Mm. And they're getting USC, who, of course, doesn't have any playmakers. I mean, like who, of course, is like loaded with playmakers, right? Uh, USC is number four overall on offense. They're number three in explosive drives. Um, number s- <coughs> seven in effective pass, 16 in effective rush. Like This is where like Washington State's defense actually kind of lined up better against that Oregon offense, right? Because like... You know, they were good enough to, on uh, you know, defending the run to, like, force Bo Nix to throw the ball a bit. Um, but, like, you know, they're going to, we're going to flip this around. And, like, they've, U.S., like, Washington State's offense, like, took a step forward against a decent Cal defense, right? Yeah. Like, Cal's, Cal's defense isn't, like, world beating good. Um, but they're, they're, they're pretty good. I mean, like they're going to, in a year that I don't know that we're going to have any really good defenses in the Pac-12 unless Utah really steps up. Um, you know, I, I do think Cal's defense, which currently sits at number 46 overall, is going to grade out as one of the better ones in the conference. Um, you know, and like they're actually pretty good against the pass and they're not great against the run right now. Um, and, and Washington state still came in and, and, and threw the ball against them. And the thing was, and like, we've talked about this is like Ward has been really, and we saw it still in the Oregon game, like dink and dunk, like to the outside, often hitting stuff in the flats, not often getting to his, you know, past his first read, you know, never getting to the check down. Um, and in this game against Cal, like he took a bit of a step forward. He was able to like, and was, you know, was finding, you know, finding his second option, um, you know, getting the ball and not afraid to throw the ball into the middle of the field where they, you know, teams had figured out what Washington state was doing is there were some open guys in the middle of the field. Um, now this is good. Like this guy has all the potential to be like, I mean, this USC offense could have a big day, you know, here, like there's like, this Washington State defense is pretty good. It'll be one of the better. It's one of the better defenses in the Pac-12. It'll be one of the better defenses that USC has faced to this point. Um, but you know, like that 54 and effective pass number can scare you a little bit, right? Like, yeah. Um, yeah and, and look, I mean, like Oregon State, which has a decent defense but not great, had a really good game against USC. Like, it's possible. Um, but yeah, I mean, like this should be a good game. Like I'm, I'm excited. Beta rank has this one at um, USC by eight. You know, eight, 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 uh, eight and a third. Um, and I, like, I'm going to take USC in this game because I think that this matchup is 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 good for them. Um, and their pass defense is better than their run defense, and I don't think Washington State's going to run the ball very well. Like where you can really get USC is they're in 98 and effective rush, um, which is where the, which is where if that continues, that Utah game will be something to see. <laughs> and UCLA, <laughs> like I think UCLA yeah. is just going to beat. I mean, USC might lose two games in the last quarter of the, the season. Rob, you almost thought like you. I want to take Washington State so bad. <laughs> because well, like it does feel like I mean, like look, like I Ward could Ward. 
could, if he gets comfortable, he knows this offense. If he gets comfortable with the speed of the FBS level, right? Like, um, I think they could, I think they could score points against this USC defense. Cause they're bad. Like they still give up a ton of big plays. They're yeah. like, they're at one Oh five and explosive drives, 84 and drive efficiency. The only thing that they can really hang their hat on that's like keeping their number up is is negative drives and it's their turnovers, right? Like all of those turnovers, which yeah. we don't think is sustainable. And the, and he's gonna give him one at least, like he just does. So it's like ah, like it's. it's I agree with like that. I'm. It's almost like I'm willing Washington State across the finish line, but like I, like that's not the way these games are won. But well, I think Washington the- State's gonna get one against William. Like I think I think they can scheme themselves to a turnover. Yeah, I'll take him. Ah, gosh darn it! I want to take USC, but I want like I, I emotionally want to take Washington State, but my mind tells me to take USC. But I just don't trust them. Like I don't. And all right, I'll I'll, t- I'll take the points. I'll take Washington State. Um, I don't know if this is a spot to do it, but I'll just do it anyway. And you're taking USC, right? Oh man, what's the line? Thirteen. We're going against thirteen. Oh, thirteen. It was. It kept. It, Rob. It kept getting to thirteen and a half. And I like. And then I the just, sharps keep the like sharps coming back. Yeah, the sharps like keep coming. I'm. Dang it. Thirteen. Oh, I think it is more like ten. I'm taking Wazoo. I'm talking myself. You've talked me into it too. Like, we'll see. This this is the bummer because this might be the one game we're fading wazoo makes sense right because of the matchup but um but we'll see we'll see I, d- I don't quite believe in this usc team i think wazoo is a strong enough team to really hit him in the mouth and and we'll see what happens but um but washington state heck of a year already and uh and more to come there anything else rob before before we pack it in here did we cover was there a game we didn't cover last week i think we got them all I which is astounding and there's only five this week which is great yeah We'll, we'll keep you all posted on our picks. I'm excited about this week. It's a lot of really good games. 12-pack uh, radio, 1-2-P-A-C uh, uh, radio on Twitter, and sharpcollegefootball.com for all of your FBS and FCS needs. Now, Rob, you got anything else to plug? No, I haven't gotten to the Saturday 6 yet because it's been like a crazy week at work, so I'm going to like do that tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> keep a lookout. That's good stuff. Like Rob's been bringing this up. And beta rank's really coming. Like, And we've talked about it, right? If you're listening to the show, it's always so funny because people will say like, yeah, the show's good, but I don't know, like, I don't know about those numbers right now. And I said, we've literally for two years, or for how, like four years now, <laughs> he said projection for the first six months or first six, six weeks. weeks. Yeah. And, then, and then things really start to kick in because the model kind of gets gets that sample size that it needs. And we're, we're there now. So uh, yeah. check out the Saturday six if you want some really good breakdowns. It's on YouTube. And uh, I would also say, and I like, I, I'm like, I'm going to like plant a little bit of a flag here is like, if you like, when I, when, when you look at numbers, like if beta rank is rating an offense or a defense, um, I'm 100% confident like beta rank is doing that better than anyone else is because I'm not using any out of game data to do it. Um, so like if beta rank says your offense is here and like some other system says they're somewhere else, like I have no problem saying beta rank's got it right. Because some of the other ones like pull in spreads from Vegas and stuff, right? That's kind of the right. Are they, well, they're relying on like a bunch of 
Like they're not, yes, like they're the overall accuracy numbers that they're reporting to you are juiced by a bunch of out of game data, which means that they're the numbers that they're giving you on offense or defense are not as accurate and not, not accurate enough for them to be able to predict spreads. BetaRank does, and BetaRank cleaned S&P's clock over the last 10 weeks of the season last year. Like it was, it, it is all on in, in-game data and that's all it relies on. So like if, if, like if anybody's like, I don't believe it. And I realize like some of these are far better known systems. That's fine. Like, <laughs> like I, I, I know exactly what people like. I've been around doing this. I talk to people on analytics. I know what people are doing in their models, right? Like I, I'm fully confident, like if beta rings, like your offense is here, like that's where it's at. Very excited. Looking at you, Colorado, on all your metrics. Yeah, very bad. Very, like, well, we're gonna do like we're gonna do a little Colorado watch. Like every Sunday, we're gonna like call out like how close Colorado is to like twenty twenty one Duke. <laughs> right on. Well, everybody, tune in. We will continue updating these things, and we're excited to uh, to look at week seven next week, and we'll catch you then.